All right. So we're going to turn to um, First Kings chapter 17. If you're there, say amen. If we can just get it up in the street and the streams. All right. So we're going we're gonna to read about Elijah, okay? And we're going to focus on the widow tonight. I know Elijah is a very interesting and powerful man. But as I was reading this throughout the week, you know, this really stood out to me, and it, it touched my heart, and I wanted to share it with you guys tonight. So I'm just going to start off in 17.1, all right? Elijah fed by the ravens. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Isn't that beautiful? So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. All right? So let's just stop there. So who does he meet? A widow. Do we all know what a widow is? Yeah, she's lost her husband, right? So he goes forth, and he's obedient to the call that God has given him. And he meets this widow, and at this time, you know, she's gathering up sticks to go home and, and cook a meal for herself. And, and she's obedient. So Elijah says, bring us some water. Okay, here I go. But as she's on her way, he says, oh, and bring me some bread, all right? And that's, that's kind of weird. You know, our culture, we probably wouldn't do something like that. Somebody says, bring me some water. We, we wouldn't do anything like when we saw a stranger. You know, maybe some of us, we bring them into the church. But um, that's pretty interesting. You know, he just meets someone. But this is a divine appointment. This is something the Lord has set up, okay? And so as we continue reading in verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Okay, let's just stop there. So here's a widow. You guys read that before? No? Okay, so here's a widow and she's lost her husband, okay? What's going on right here? Elijah, first of all, is running away because he prophesied, he gave a word to King Ahab that because of the sin that he had committed, Now the whole nation was going to suffer and there was going to be a famine. All right, and because of this famine, here is this widow, number one, who has lost her husband, okay, and now is suffering because of the famine and has absolutely nothing else to eat but just this little bit of flour and this little bit of, of oil, is that what it is, in a jar so that she can make one last meal for herself. Okay, so she's suffering. And why is the nation, what did King Ahab do that was so bad? He married Jezebel. You guys all know Jezebel? See, these women in the Bible, y'all boys better be careful with the women. You know, King, he married Jezebel, and Jezebel was no good, okay? So because he married her, he, began, he bowed down to Baal. He made a temple to him. 
he he built an astropole, something like that. Okay, so he turned from God, from the living God. As he was appointed to be king later on in his life, he turned from it. He married a woman that he wasn't supposed to. So because of his sin, now the nation is suffering. So here is this poor widow who is suffering now. Not only she has lost her husband, she's probably confused. You know, she's probably walked away from Jesus herself or from God Almighty because her nation is all has turned from God. And now here comes a man who is asking her to bring her some food. And I'm saying, you know, what would you do? I want, I want you to ask yourself, what would you do in this situation? You have, this is the last bit that you have, last bit of food, and you're going to starve to death. You're, not only that, but you have a son. Have you guys ever met a mother who is desperately wanting to protect their children? Their children are going down the wrong path, and the mother will do anything and everything for that child. Have you ever talked to a mother and, and heard and seen the love of a mother? You know that a mother, a, a real mother, would never give up trying to protect her children. You know, the Lord has put so many women in my life, and I don't know why, married women in my life, who come to me with, with problem situations that married women deal with, and, and I've seen the hurt in their lives, and you can see it in their face. If you've ever looked in the eyes of a woman, a tired woman who's gone through some things. And, and women, you know, mothers especially will not give up. If you ever found a, a woman who's married to a man that beats her or is cheated on her time and time again, and she'll say, I, I'm doing it for my children. You know, she may not, she's not doing it the right way. She's not staying in that relationship and doing, and, and doing something positive for the children. But she's doing it because she thinks it's good for the children. And, and she'll suffer and she'll take that beating and, and she'll do anything and everything to make sure that her children do the right thing. Their children grow up in the right kind of environment. It might not make sense to us, but in her head it makes sense. In a mother's head it makes sense to protect their children every way that they can. And here this mother has already given up. She's, already, she's saying, I'm going to go home and make my last meal so that we can die. You know, it, it just shows me what this woman must be going through hell. She must be in a place where she's tried everything and she's just desperate, but nothing has worked and she's just given up. If you all know a mother, you will know it takes a lot for one to get there. I know my mom would never, you know, she would do anything and everything. She would just say, you know, I'll do like the most craziest thing in order to protect you, in order to make sure that you have everything. But here this mom has already given up. But see, the Lord has sent a messenger, correct? The Lord has sent a helper, and that's Elijah. So we're going to keep reading. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as, do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from which you have and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. Come on now. How, what if somebody came to you and said, just give it to me first, you know, and then you eat second. This is all that this woman has, and here she is. She's supposed to give it all to him. I, would, I probably wouldn't do it, to be honest with you. Have you ever been just broke? You have no money, and you have, like, the last $5, and somebody's going to come up to you and say, can I borrow it? And you know you have plans for those $5, and you're just like, yeah, i got to put gas in my car, or this is my coffee money, or, you know, this is my lunch money. You know, I've had it where I've only had certain months. Susie comes and she's like, can I borrow some money? I'm just like, no, you know. Can you imagine now being in a desperate situation where you know this is it? It's just you and him and you're, you're out here trying to defend your son, but somebody's going to come up to you and say, 
No, now you go forth and you bring me something and then yourself. And this just teaches the principle. You know, it's just, it's just how God says always put him first. If we turn to Matthew 6:33. This is what a principle that we're learning here. It says, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, okay? So here God is showing through Elijah that the things of God come first. All right, he keeps saying, he goes on to say, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake and bread for me. From what you have, bring it to me, then make something for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So here she knows it's a word from God, but see, she probably doesn't want to listen to that. This woman has a choice here. She can probably have that attitude, well, you know what, the Lord has done nothing for me in my life. You know, my husband is dead, and I'm dying here. I'm left alone to raise a son all by myself. We have no food and there's nothing here. There's nothing happening. I don't see anything in sight. God has left me and abandoned me. Why do I have to do anything for him? She has that choice. How many of you have ever heard that? God has never done anything for me. I've never seen God move in my life. In times of desperation, I've been left there all by myself. I've been hurt. I've been abandoned, I've been abused, I've been hungry, I've been homeless. You've heard that before, haven't you? But then she has the other choice. To accept, to be obedient. To be obedient to God, to trust in him. To let go of the little that she has. And say, God, this is all that I have. Take it take it. Take it, Lord. Because in my hands, I can do nothing with it. But I trust that you can do something with this little bit that I have. You know, and that just, it reminds me of, of people who, who say, I have nothing to offer, God. I'm not good at anything. You know, I can never be as good as so and so. I only have so little. I only have so little money and, and so little talent. And, and I can do nothing. And God's not going to do anything with me. But God says, with that little that you have, I can do so much more that you can't even imagine. I can do so much more in your life and the lives of others. And through this woman, through the little that this woman had, she was able to provide for herself. She was able to provide for her son and for Elijah. But first, for Elijah. Amen? The things of God come first. When you seek God first, everything else falls into place. When you have that relationship with God first, everything else comes into place. Now, it may not be easy, but everything else comes into place. When you have a relationship with God, when you have a prayer life with him, when you seek his face both night and day, everything else falls into place. See, but if, if this woman, if this widow would have seen in the physical, you know, would have been like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know you. If she would have said no, she would have died with that little that she had. But God allowed her to live. God allowed her to experience his power and to show his faithfulness. And you might say, well, she still went through hell before that. But you know what? God knew how much she could take. 
And when she got to the point where she could take no more, when she got desperate and hungry for him, when she said there's nothing in her control anymore, and this is it, God, that's when he shows up and he lifted her up. See, there's something about when we get to this place where we are just so broken and we are just just desperate and anxious because we don't know the way out. There's something about when we get to that place, when we hit rock bottom, where God can lift us up. And it's so, it's, it's, it's funny because so many people, well, born again, seems to always have, you know, a story. They seem to always have a sad story, a sob story. Well, that's because, you know what, it took us to get to that rock bottom, to know that we needed God. It took us to, to see that we are nothing without him in order for us to accept the love and that salvation that he offers us. We are humbled through those situations. And at that time, I, I'm pretty sure, and, you know, that she knew that that was the God, that was her God that she needed to serve. Through that test that was given to her, she was able to see God's faithfulness. See, tests are good. Sometimes we don't like tests. I know I don't like them sometimes. But tests are good, and our faith grows through it. But it doesn't end there, so let's keep reading. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word the Lord spoken by Elijah, sometime later the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I am staying with by causing her to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down to the room, into the house. He gave his son to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord, the, the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Amen. So not only does this woman go through her first trial and trusting Elijah, but a second time. And this time, with her son, for this momentary trouble that she had and worry, she was able to, to know and acknowledge that the word that Elijah spoke was truth and was of God. See, these trials, this was a pretty big trial here. Her son died bring us closer to God. When we are able to let go of what's in our hands, the little that we have in our hands, and we are able to offer it up to God and say, Lord, I trust you, we are able to get closer to him, and our faith grows. And here she knows, and she's able to declare that the word is truth. See, God could have sent Elijah to a woman who had it all. He could have sent her him to, to a, a rich you know, man or a woman, but he sent her right where he needed to be. 
But she had a choice. Like, we all have a choice. God just never forces himself upon us. And she accepted, and she was obedient. And she received from him. So tonight, my question to you is, what is your trial? What is going on in your life? What are you holding on to in your life? You know, it it might be something materialistic. It might be something within yourself. What are you holding on to that is so little? Is it a dream that the Lord is asking you to give up in your life? Is it something that you have planned that you know is going against God's will? Is it something within yourself that the Lord has told you, I'm setting you free from it, just let go of it? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? Is it hurt from the past? Because the Lord is saying, let go of that. It's not doing you any good. I'm going to take it from you. Is it worries? See, the Lord wants to take what's in your hand, which you've acquired for yourself, and he wants to take it and make it into something beautiful. He wants to take your test and make it into a testimony. Amen? There's this song that I love. It's by Hillsong, and we're going to play it tonight before we go into our small groups. You guys have heard it, I'm sure. It's called Desert, and it talks about being in this place and still being able to worship God. So if you guys could just stand to your feet, and we're going to sing the song, and I'm going to call some of you up to, if you need prayer for anything tonight, we're going to pray for you, Ricky and Rachel, myself. We're going to be up here, and we're going to say, man, if you, if you, there's something in your life that you're holding on to, even something good, you know, even just wanting to protect your family and, and just you know, wanting to take care of them, and you're putting it before God. You know, maybe it's, it's work, and you're just working so much, and you're just putting it before God. You have good intentions with it, but God is saying, let go of that. Put me first. So tonight, as we sing the song, and it talks about faith, and your faith growing through these trials, growing as you go through the fire, because the fire is going to come. God is going to put you through the fire to test you. You can go ahead and play it, Ricky. Just listen to the words, and as you sing this song, just just ask yourself, Lord, is there anything that I'm holding on to that you can use for your glory? Something that I'm holding on to that will allow my faith to grow as I watch you move in my life. 